Hey, you are about to enter the Growth and Scaling podcast where we are talking to a founder today who is not the typical founder. She has not only started an amazing company that is two years into the growth cycle, they're just going into a, a heavy marketing mode, they're, they're excited about their product, it's working, people are buying, but she has a background as a fractional CMO, as a fractional consultant who comes in and, and helps people operate their own growth and go to, go to market strategies. And with that expertise, she is now launching and growing and scaling an amazing company in the cybersecurity industry. And it is just an amazing conversation. I feel like you're gonna love this conversation. I really captured a lot of, of gems from her. And, uh, and if you are one of those people that is, is launching a business, you really need to hear what she has to say because not every launch goes well. She's coming from the perspective of, I have grown and scaled several different companies, had several different clients that she's helped go through that go to market, both with product launches and business launches and other things like that. And now she's executing on everything that she taught other people in her own business. And it's a fun conversation. So jump in with Chris Bonney. She is amazing and her business is amazing. And uh, I just know you're gonna get some good nuggets out of this conversation as I did. And uh, hopefully it helps you on your path to how to grow and scale your business. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Growth and Scaling Podcast. This is your host, Todd Westra. And I am so glad you're here today because we are going to interview an amazing founder or executive who is gonna share with us their decisions that they made that exploded their growth. So if you need some inspiration, you wanna hear how other businesses are doing it, this is the place to be and we are glad you're here. Enjoy this episode. Hey, welcome back to another episode. Today we have got an amazing guest who's gonna tell us all about the growth journeys she's been a part of and she's been a part of a lot. She is, she is very, very, she's a wealth of knowledge and I love talking to her. We've had a great conversation leading into this. so. Let's jump into it. Chris, tell us who you are and what problem do you like to solve? Certainly. Uh, I'm Chris Bondi. I am CEO and co-founder of Momoto. And Momoto is a cybersecurity company that is able to catch anomalies and deviations, which is a very long way of saying we catch active attacks or when somebody internally is doing something they shouldn't be. Um, you asked for my Ooh. background. Uh, my background prior to yeah. this was that I was an executive who was brought in regularly to get a company to scale, uh, get a company to be in a position where they were positioning themselves, working towards a vision, and then scaling uh, both product and uh, as well as revenue, always with an eye towards right. acquisition, IPO, next round of funding. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, what company isn't doing that? Uh, not as many companies are doing that as should be doing that, which was why there was a good <laughs> business in it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally agree. Now, you know, it's it's interesting as you, um, you came from that background of growth and scaling and helping others grow and scale their business towards, towards an exit. As you have built and grown Mimoto, what are you looking at like, uh, do you have that laid out? Do you have it roadmapped what your exit and what your growth strategy is? 
That's a good question. Um, or it's a question I get often. I would say that the reason why I wanted to found a company was because I love going to the vision. I love defining the vision and yeah. going to the vision. And if you're brought in to help somebody be acquired, by definition, there's not the long term. And so it was really important to me <laughs> that we were building a company that had not only a, a thing, but a thing beyond the thing beyond the thing, if that makes sense. I love uh, it. And yeah. so that was really important. My co-founder and I, this is our, uh, have worked together twice before. And so awesome. we, we both have that, that drive, but the other part that was really important to us was that we had a very aligned vision of how we, how we work with people and, and the need to respect okay. our coworkers. And so because we were aligned, not only on where we wanted to go, but also on how we were going to get there and what it meant to get there together and with other people in the journey. Right. That was why I think it, it worked out so well for us. I love it. You know, you, you just brought up like three or four questions that I would love to have led into that you just answered. And, and I'm, so I'm going to take a step back because you, you having gone through this journey with so many people, you've got your favorite part. Like, you, you know, in the growth and scaling journey, there's some foundational things that need to happen. And you just lined out three of them. And I'm going to see if you even caught it because you probably said it so naturally you didn't even think about it. What, what are the things that, that have got to be in place for you to be able to grow and scale your business? So, well, going from what I've just started with, I would say that having alignment of the team, particularly the founders, but yes. having alignment, knowing where you're going and, uh, and how you're going to be there, how you're going to get there. Uh, somebody will be the expert on the product side of how to get there. Someone will be the, the expert on how to scale the business and the positioning part, but you have to have that covered yeah. or bring it in. So that's really important. The thing that I would jump off of that I didn't mention that I think is incredibly important is knowing what to measure along the way, knowing what uh, is, uh, there's a term in the, often the marketers will, will use, which is vanity metrics. The, those are sure. not the ones that are important. You know, it is the what is actually what is actually driving the business. If I can give an example from my current company, what we're doing at Momoto is as we've laid out the as we've laid out the the selling, I have a salesperson yeah. coming in who will buy be prescriptive of following what I've laid out as a sales process, not because I think it's perfect, but because we want to measure right. it and make sure what is actually the thing that is. Uh, is causing people to either buy or become interested or to expand or not. Yeah, or, or not. Yeah. And so I want him to be prescriptive so that we can tweak what we need to, and we can optimize what we can so that we can have a faster growth at the same time, anything that right. is the special snowflakes of a prospect, which is going to come in the first year, uh, is, yeah. is going to be a founder sale. You know, I've always thought that the first right. two, two million is on the back of the founder. And so anything that's not prescriptive by the book, then I want to be measured. In, I want it measured, but I want it measured separately because what you don't want is to get to that milestone, whatever that is, to be able to get your next round of funding and have the question right. of 
But how many of this actually was somebody who was, you know, like, did you really follow this? How do you know that this, this product market fit actually is a product market fit and not just you've gotten this revenue because you've hustled for the revenue? And the reality is you need right. both. Right. Yeah. I would agree. I would totally agree. You know, I just, I love everything you just said. Like it, as, a, as a fellow marketer and as a fellow growth and scaling, like passionate person, I, I think that you have just nailed down so much of what people are missing. You know, we, you hear people talk about client journey. You hear people talk about exits. Tell us, tell us how you generally take those two and meld them together. Can you have one without the other, first of all? And, and second of all, how do you connect them so that the journey actually takes them to that exit? So um, I realized I didn't answer your question before about exits. So let me let me address that and then come back to, to it. Um, yeah, go for it. Our, uh, my, I should say my, my vision and my, um, my philosophy of life will go. My philosophy of my business life is that I'm always looking for the highest valuation with the biggest multiplier. It doesn't mean at this stage right. that I have to have the highest valuation. I need to put the things in place to be able to get that high valuation. So, right. um, so that's one. The second thing is that uh, when you say, you know, the cust is the customers and the exit, are those related? Um, they are, but the higher valuation is tied to a third thing, which is the vision and that you're actually working towards something that is bigger. Again, having come in and worked on acquisition pieces before, or even with companies who are just trying to um, trying to continue to grow and to, to get to that next piece. One of the challenges I had at being in your role as the person coming in was trying yeah. to explain to somebody that their, um, their vision is not a sales goal. <laughs> Their vision is that thing that they're helping somebody with that, that, that I, I like to refer to as that spot beyond the horizon. And, right. you know, what I was always very good at is standing next to the founder and saying, oh, that spot beyond the horizon, I'll get us there. We'll go this way, we'll go that way, but we'll get there. And, and I do think right. that that's necessary so that uh, your vision also cannot be, I want an IPO. Like, sorry, with, with a bit of attitude in my voice as I, I mockingly say that, because that is a benchmark on the way. It is, you know, it is right. something that is, it's just another version of, uh, of a, a way of getting capital. Uh, so, For yeah, sure. so, so the, the point is that um, you do need the customer growth, most definitely. But yeah. what the multiplier is, is going to be the difference of, is it an aqua hire? Is it a, um, you know, two to two and a half times the revenue is if somebody's only picking up your book of business. Whereas if you have right. a vision of, you know, here's what we have now. And yes, we have this healthy pipeline, but this thing that we're enabling is going to be part of this bigger thing. Then you have larger, uh, you have bigger multipliers. So ultimately you need bigger both. multipliers with more recurring more recurring model. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's one thing to solve a problem, but it's another thing to solve a problem that keeps on needing to be solved. <laughs> yes. Or, or that you're solving, you know, planning for putting the parts in place that plans for that next problem. 100%.
100%. I love it. Now, how are how is Mimoto doing that? And how are you translating your experience and what you've done to help other businesses into the launch of your current business? Uh, so it really is putting those those initial parts in place. So when I talk yeah. with a, um, if I'm talking with somebody in venture, then I will start by saying, okay, here's this thing that's coming and that's needed. Okay, just so you know, that's where we're going. Okay, now we have a big neck to crack right here. Here's where we are. And then laying out the, the groundwork and saying, you know, here's here's where we are pipeline. Here's where we're showing traction. And so, you right. know, you still have all those pieces, but always making sure like, okay, here's this other thing that is, is out there as well, that what we're doing now right. enables us to do that. That's one. Um, I've already mentioned what I'm doing on the selling side, which is making sure that we're measuring yeah. everything. Uh, it was important for us, in part because we're probably a little obsessive compulsive about it, that we um, also got into a CRM system right away. And instead right. of you right. know making sure that we're laying down all the groundwork that we needed so that we were operating the way we should. And then frankly, from the product side, which I say it is the third thing only because my focus is go to market. Um, but you know, the reality is everything starts with a product is that making yeah. sure that, um, you know, things like adding in single sign on, um, you know, that sure. is, uh, it should be a given that you need to have those things from the beginning, but I've seen too many times right. where, uh, there's a lot of, you know, there might be a lot of adoption. I've gone into places where they've had 2,500 customers yeah. and they're only now getting to the point of what their, single what their, yeah. And what their console should be, uh, like the best, the best yeah. journey in that console. That crazy? Yeah. And it's just, you know, and then you have things that have to be re-architected. So making sure you're getting it right as much as you can from the start is important. I love it. So is that, is that what you would say is like, you know, with companies that you've consulted with and companies that you're now trying to help, you know, with your security and, and cybersecurity and things like that, as you look at the big challenges that most companies face in their growth, what, what do you think that biggest one has been for you that you've, or maybe the most common thing you've had to address um, in, in their growth cycle? I think we have a different issue than some. Um, so I would say that often what it is, is that, um, uh, people don't understand the go-to-market part or they think it is, I'm going to say harder than it actually is in, and that may not be fair, but it is, um, it's not magical. It's, you know, if you follow the formula, it's not magical. Um, the important, the most important thing, right. everything I just said is to measure the right things and, and not to be, um, I would say the other part of that is not to think that the numbers are your friends or your enemies. They're just numbers. And so like actually right. listening to the numbers instead of being, um, thinking that you have to position the numbers. No, they're like they're, they're numbers. And so I, and know and know which numbers are vanity and know which numbers are actually really impacting your ability to generate. Ex exactly. Revenue. Exactly. So I think that that's something yeah. that I often have seen in our case. I think that, you know, everyone has a challenge. I think our challenge is yeah. in, in doing one of the challenges that you have when you're doing something totally new is educating at the same time that you're growing and, uh, 
and then figuring out what the, you know, what is the thing that suddenly gets you to scale? And it's not yeah. necessarily what you think is going to be the, to be that part. So in our case, right. we had education, education, education. We started having people use it and then how they were using it and how fast they started to adopt. I, I, I listened and that's how I knew that that was what was happening. But we went from, um, position it this way, position it this way. And they were all the same story, but different, different sides of that same story. And then once it was starting to be used it taking off because we found the common theme that each of them were using. So in our case, it was people were, were purchasing us because they were concerned that there was somebody potentially in their systems without them knowing it, that they didn't know who it was. So that is something very much a very good use case for us, you know, and and what it comes down to is us, us being able to recognize when there's a a compromised credential being used. That makes a lot of sense. Right. What, what has, and we do that, but what has really had things take off has been internally realizing that, um, that when somebody is not following the security protocol, you know, there's, you know, we see that not only that there is somebody sharing credentials, but we can say, oh, these two people are sharing credentials. Or uh, in one case we had where the CTO thought that there was a breach and it turned out in the words of the CTO, it wasn't that there was a breach. There were people internal doing stupid things that they shouldn't do and and that he had no idea it was happening. He saw things that were getting moved that shouldn't be moved and deleted that shouldn't be deleted. And, and the only reason he was like, it seems like it could be a breach, but it would be weird for them to go after this stuff. To breach that. And so it was us being able to say, oh no, you have people doing X, Y, and Z, and here's who's doing it. And based on that, or based on, in another case, us being able to confirm that somebody was that they had a very elaborate security process and that everyone was following it to the letter, that that yeah. is that what has um, caused us very quickly to have those uh, those expand and to get referrals from those. So so you just described like this whole process of of actual customer listening and actual like kind of understanding what what your customers are telling you that they want. I. I see it and you see it probably just as often as I do where a company gets very passionate about a product that they're launching and they continue to push it even when potential customers are saying, that's not quite what I need, but it's close. Yeah. If you did this, I would really love it. Mm-hmm. You know, And I think that what you just described is, is probably a huge challenge that I see a lot of people make is not listening to what the actual users are telling you about your product so that you can make those adjustments and turn it into something that actually starts to take off. Most definitely. In in fact, I would say that um, a, a, a lot of kudos to my co-founder because we spoke with, we, he spoke with over a hundred people before we built. It would have been so easy for him to say, look it, I've talked to all these people. This is what they want. Right. And the reality is, is that the core of the technology is exactly where where we had planned it to be. Right. But this additional use case that um, we didn't we didn't realize the importance of it and the 
you know, and again, it's, it's listening right. to what people say, because very early on, I right. had a CISO say, oh, this is great. And we can also use it to do compliance audits. And we're like, oh, that's nice. That's a great additional use case. And the reality is, is that, you know, like, you never no, and that. that was, well, no, we thought of it, but it was more of, we didn't realize how important that was. Like that was one of the first right. things that was said to us. So the fact that I that was that. said to us, and then we're like, oh yeah, and that would be a good, a good additional one. Ended up being, right. you know, if we, the primary, it, you know, yeah, it being like one of the primary things, if we had realized, and I don't think that, you know, one person, this is the other danger of like one person saying something doesn't mean that it is, it should be noted, but it shouldn't be that you're going off. Change the whole yeah, model. For exactly. One <laughs> but when you have right. repeatedly, you're well, like, oh, that would be really important. You're right. That is important. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, so tell me, like, as you've gone through this journey, both from a consultative side and now on your own, you know, growing and scaling is not easy. And sometimes you want to give up and sometimes you just hit a wall and you're like, ah, oh, crud. Is there someone in your circle, in your network that you look at as a as someone that kind of inspires you? You've seen them get through the same hurdles or, or maybe the, just the way they operate their business just kind of gives you some hope. Could you give a shout out to someone like that in your circle? Um, I I have multiple people and it. Uh, I will say that when I've done a, a rethink of direction, there are people who I go to repeatedly. Um, yeah. But what, what I, uh, and I told you ahead of time, I was going to struggle with getting it down to one person. So I'm going to give you somebody actually in an area that I don't have an expertise in. Um, and so Dale Brown, right. who is a fantastic CRO, is is a person yeah. who is is new to our advisory board. And uh, I asked him Love to be it. on the advisory board because, frankly, I was going to him so many times asking his advice, and he was just so nice. And I'm like, you know, I really should ask you to be in the advisory board. And it was around. Um, I've managed salespeople before, but I've never created from scratch the first the first compensation plan. Right. And, you know, does right. this make sense? And, you know, particularly when you are hiring people who it's their job to negotiate, I needed somebody to be able to say like, okay, this is what I'm getting back. And, you know, is this good negotiation or is this really what I should be paying this person? Right. right. So, you know, right. I knew what the final compensation plans look like. I didn't know what the beginning ones look like. And he, he's been absolutely fantastic. I love it. That's a great shout out. And I love that you've made it part of your board. And I think that's a, that alone in and of itself is a great, great model for people who are trying to grow and scale the companies. Surround yourself with people who have the skill sets that you don't. Don't just, don't just get a bunch of people around here who are yes people and, and wow, that's a great idea, people. Get people who have those skill sets that you don't have that can then help you, advise you on the things that are simple to them that maybe seem like a huge mountain to you. So that was just a molehill. You know, they, they can, they can plow over that. No problem. Most, most definitely. And you know, it's, it's a role I serve for other people in, uh, when they're looking at, yeah. at their boards as well. The, the other part I would say around that is that, um, we are now just over two years into our company and advisor agreements usually work into your, to your increments. So the other thing that I've done is, 
because we're just at the point where people are rolling off is that I've looked at yeah. my needs have changed. Like what I need yeah. for that next one. So it means some advisors who had helped us in the beginning either aren't in the right place right now, or it's not an area that I need help right. in. Whereas scaling the business, like I, I understand go to market, but I need to understand how to manage salespeople on a, on a more right. direct level, because in the beginning I'm also totally. VP of sales. <laughs> so I need to. Totally. Totally. That's one of those hats that most, most founders are eager to take off. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, cool. Well, Chris, you're amazing. I, I Thank love you for the, time. the journey that you, you just, you described an amazing journey and, and you are on an amazing journey. And I wish you all the best as you continue to grow and scale your business. Thank you for your advice to those who, who are listening, who are kind of in that stuck mode of, I'm just doing it by myself. I need that other insight. And, and you have given us a, a treasure trove of information today. I appreciate you so much. Well, thank you. I really appreciate being asked to talk with you. I um, very much enjoy, I and I enjoy watching the other videos. So thank you. Oh, good. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. And you, you guys heard it from her. Go watch the other episodes. We got some great founders on this show and we're just, we're just grateful. So thanks for being here and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Take care. Cheers. Hey, I hope that interview was as good for you as it was for me. It was not only interesting what she had to say, but for me, it was somewhat therapeutic. You know, having launched and, and grown my own companies and also helped a lot of other people launch products and services for their companies in my marketing agency, this particular interview really resonated with me. She's someone of my own, uh, she's cut from the same cloth, I guess you could say, who, uh, someone who has helped other people grow and scale their businesses. And now as she grows and scales her own, it's kind of a fascinating reflective point for her. And uh, I hope it was for you. If it was, please, please, please go ahead and like, share, comment below, uh, share this, share this interview with people that you know who are going through the same issues in their growth and scaling journey, or someone that could just benefit from hearing a real true expert in growth and scaling talk about how she's incorporating the things that she used to teach to other people in her own business. This has been a great interview. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you do share it with someone who needs to hear it themselves. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time on the Growth and Scaling Podcast.